Welcome everyone to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all. Dan Peck and myself, Chris O'Mealy, we review every Simpsons ever. And we have officially completed season one of The Simpsons. Isn't there only like 13 episodes? Correct. So this is the 14th episode of the Stupid Sexy Podcast, but it's actually season two, episode one. Mm. And there's a lot that you're going to notice right away moving into this episode. The very first thing that the astute viewer will notice is the intro for season two is the main intro of the show that we all know and love. In fact, they keep this intro all the way up until their official transition into HD when they were forced to make a new one. How about that? From season Mm. two up until uh, whatever season was around when the movie came out. Because that's when they did their official transition in like 2007, 2008. Yeah, the movie was in 07. So... So, the... uh, the the big differences here is that uh, other than a lot of building recolorizations, the first main difference is uh, when Homer's leaving work instead of a guy eating a sandwich with the the nuclear tongs, it's Mister Burns and Smithers. It Burns checking his watch. Um, no other big changes except for just audio animation. Uh, and of course, instead of stealing the uh, the bus sign that Bart does, what he does here is just skateboard past a big cast of characters. So they added, including uh, him whipping around a fire hydrant. Right, and it's uh, it's mostly season one people like Jacques and Bleeding Gums Murphy and stuff like that. And then of course, when they do the HD remake, they change a couple of things there. They also recorded several different versions of the intro for the editors to have some leeway here. So there's three. There's a minute 15, a 45-second version, and a 25-second version. That way, if an episode runs long, they can keep some jokes in. So that's the first time we see it for Bart Gets an F, Season 2, Episode 1, the most seen episode of the entire series. Really? Yes. And also, the Nostalgia Critic, Doug Walker's favorite episode of The Simpsons, when he did his countdown on favorite episodes. Not my favorite. In fact, I I used to have a tendency to avoid this episode because I didn't like the fact that it was a little more on the dramatic side and a little less on the joke side. I'll tell you, it is not a feel-good it is not a fun ride, but I think it's a very important episode. Yes, as I've gotten older and revisited it more, I've come to appreciate what it is because it is, it tries something different and it works. They decide to, they really, this is a true defining Bart Simpson episode because before this, we just know He's a, he's a little hellraiser and everything, and he's a bad student, and he's an underachiever and proud of it, but here we actually see him trying, and the fact that he still fails is what's so depressing about it. But, yes, and in the end, he technically still failed because <laughs> that's not a passing grade. 
anywhere I've ever lived in my entire life. Yeah, D minus was 65 to 70 in my school. Or uh, 65 to 69. 70 was still a C. 65 was passing, and she said it was a 60. Yeah, I've never... Yeah, yeah. Anything below 65 was a fail. failure. And apparently... I don't know how long this lasted. Probably not too long. But the year after I graduated, they were moving the pass rate to 75. And I knew that was a mistake, because I had so many friends that will never pass a single class ever if it was a 75. (laughs) Oh, God. Well... There you go. And then I went to Canada, and the passing rate there is a 50. You're just like, oh, this is much easier. Unless it was a grand conspiracy from all the Canadians to tell all the Americans that their passing grade was a 50, because every single person in that school that was Canadian said it was a 50. So if you got a 65, or if you got a, if you, I should say, if you got a 64, you would have failed, but Wayne and uh, Squirrely Dan see, no, and Daryl <laughs> would have passed. Here's the other thing. you The teachers weren't allowed to give you a 64. Oh, really? They had to commit. They had to make the decision. Do they up that to a 65 so you pass, or do they lower it to a 63 so you definitely fail? Ooh, gotta like that. I actually did have a professor in college who said he had a he had a student that was such a pain in the ass one time, even though he was, like, it was just so like he was just so rude, so neglectful with assignments, and when he would turn in assignments, they were just derivative stuff, and it was just so hard to work with that he said, "I just gave him a D, to just make sure he would pass and not come back." <laughs> like that was his whole thing. He goes, "Here's your D, go away." Because if he had failed, he would have had to take the that's class the again, thing, right? Because that in college, that's your that's the teacher that teaches that one class, and if you fail that class, and you got to take that class again. It's the same teacher, exactly. And that was one of those situations because that was one of those teachers. So he's just like, "Here's his D. He's done. He's gone. He's out of my hair." And he said, "He said I don't like doing that." He goes, "But I will literally do that just to get some of these people out of here." Because he said, "Because he was actually a good teacher who really did care." And that was his problem, was he said, I don't have time for students who, who don't care and don't want to learn. He said, I'm going to dedicate myself to them. So if I'm going to have somebody who's going to prevent me from doing that, I'm not going to waste my time and waste the other students' time. So he said, so I gave him his D and sent him on his way. So, And I have gotten some feedback from people who do enjoy our banter on the show. So I hope you enjoyed our little uh, our little school stuff. Because we, we're going to do a lot of relating to school stuff when we're talking about these early Simpsons episodes, because a lot of them do focus on Bart or Lisa. And, of course, they're students, so that's, like, the big thing. And, and one underachieves and the other overachieves. <laughs> but that's also very significant to the whole plot of this episode here, too. The whole point of Bart gets an F is the based on Bart and his bad study skills. Or... Anyway, before we get to any of that, what was on the chalkboard? I will not encourage others to fly. <laughs> and then the couch gag is... They I watched sit- three episodes, so I have yeah. one in my head. I don't think it was the one. Uh, they all sit on the couch, all seems normal, and then they just collapse to the floor. Okay, okay. I, that's couch. what I remember. <laughs> so we're starting things off with an afternoon with Ernest Hemingway, with Martin dressed up, giving this super 
dramatic book report. Because, you know, he's so into character and everything. Of course, because that's Martin. He's, he's there. He's the class nerd. He's the overachiever in Bart's class. So, Bart gets up to do his book report on Treasure Island. And he's just like, uh, it's about pirates with big birds on their shoulders and eye patches. And it was written by Robert Louis Stevenson and published by these guys. You know, he just, it's obvious he didn't do the assignment. So, Any questions? All right. And I give it a nine. It's just like, Bart, did you read the book? Of course I did. And then what was the name of the pirate? And he goes through every... Bluebeard. <laughs> Long John Silver. Yeah, he actually gets it right in his head, but he settles on Bluebeard. And she's like, sit Bluebeard. down, Bart. And I'll see you after class. See me after class. Uh, always hated that. I, I happened to me once or twice with the, the bad assignments. So, Krabappel's making Bart write, I will not fake my way through life on the chalkboard. The second chalkboard gag for the episode. And she's just like, your grades are getting steadily worse, and we're going to have this big test on colonial America. And and as she's saying this, you know, Bart's just hearing the blah, 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 blah. Well, what about... What did I just say? Uh, fly right? Straighten up and fly right? Oh, that was a lucky guess. Now, to Bart's credit, he totally knows that he's screwed for this test and is actually going to try to study for it. But unfortunately, we see all the procrastination factors that come into play here. Some of them aren't even his fault. He's watching Itchy and Scratchy like he always does. Uh, the uh, the Let Them Eat Scratchy episode where they're in colonial clothes and Scratchy's chasing Itchy, gets trapped behind the curtain. It turns out it's a guillotine, gets his head chopped off, and then Itchy blows his face off with dynamite. Because, of course. <laughs> dinner time. All right, we'll hit the books afterwards. So they have dinner. And then... And Homer's like, no, there's the... Off-brand King Kong marathon. Oh yeah, Gorilla the Conqueror. Yeah. Homer's like, we got to go watch this. So, watch the entire thing, probably. So Bart watches it, goes up to study, and falls asleep almost immediately on his books. And of course, Homer thinks it's cute, but Marge is like, he's trying so hard. Why does he keep failing? Homer's like, oh, he's just a little dim. It's like, no, he tried for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> course he wakes up and he's like goes right to auto he's like auto i got a big test today i'm not ready for it could you crash the bus uh, sorry dude can't do it on purpose but maybe you'll get lucky <laughs> and he's like well let's find an egghead and go off of them so he sees sherry and terry and they're they know immediately yeah he can <laughs> study he's just trying to get us in us oh, i love their reasons too like what was the ship called the spirit of st louis and why'd the pilgrims leave England? Giant rats. Oh, cool. History's coming alive. But Martin overhears this. And he's like, look, Bart, I don't know why I should even bother here, but you have been pretty much deceived. You're not passing this test. So Bart does the only thing he can do. He fakes an illness to get out of taking the test. My ovaries. Different episode, but still one of the best. Oh, uh, one of the yeah. best, yeah. 
must take test. Ugh. So he goes to uh, he goes to the nurse, who's of course horribly uh, horribly uh, gullible. This is well, just like picking up tongue depressors that she dropped, which is like gross. Ter- oh yeah, way. terrible. Better than the time lunch lady Doris was the was the nurse filling in. We'll get to that episode in a couple of years. Oh, he's got Amoria phlebitis. And like, is your, your, your stomach, stomach hurt? Can you, can you see? So, Who said that? <laughs> so, of course, he gets sent home and he's in bed. He's getting a double cappuccino chocolate swirl ice cream. And Homer brings the TV up so he can watch TV in bed. And Lisa's like, everybody knows you're faking it, Bart. And you're going to have to fail that test sooner or later. He's like, oh, no problemo. I'll just uh, I'll just call Millhouse, figure out what he did on the test, and I'll just copy off of him. So, of course, that's what he does. And his test was even worse than Millhouse's. <laughs> that's like a, a big character trait going down the road. It's like Millhouse is a geek, too, but he's not smart. He's like the opposite. He's just the he's just the geeky friend, but he's really not one of the smart kids. So Krabappel's like, "Look, Bart, I warned you. Now we're gonna have a conference with your parents, and Doctor J. Lord Pryor is back here, and he keeps saying, you know, Bart's an retriever. He's proud of it, and Homer's of course spacing out while he's talking. Yeah, he gets the blah blah blah. Yeah, he does the blah blah blah. So of course we know where Bart gets it from." And, of course, Krabappel's going over all of his test results and how terrible a lot of them are. He's actually getting worse where everyone else is getting is improving. Yeah, everybody else shows improvement, but not Bart. And Bart's kind of, he gets upset. He's like, look, I get it. I'm dumb. Can we just stop beating around the bush? Marge is like, well, you're just a late bloomer. But Dr. Pryor's like, nah, it's not that simple. If you don't start shaping up, we're going to have to have him repeat the fourth grade. And that's like a real panic it's like a real panic attack. It's like everything becomes real for him right there is that, yeah, you've been overachieving in skating, but now you've got actual consequences. You're going to be held back if things like this happen. And, uh, of course, Homer's like, oh, at least he'll be bigger than the other kids. So, during recess, with Martin being who he is and just unable to even pass a ball properly. Bart's like, you know, Martin, I'll strike a deal with you. You help me become a better student, and I'll make it so people don't make fun of you. Quid pro quo. Yeah, he's like, well... Skid row row. Yeah. (laughs) I always thought I was quite popular. Well, you're not. Watch. He shoves him down. Everybody laughs. Oh, but what about my perfect attendance record and all this other stuff? How about another demonstration? My ears as a hall monitor. (laughs) Yeah, everything's... So, Martin's actually got a pretty good plan to help him study. You know, he's, you know, clean up your desk, create an actual study area, and then, you know, Bart Bart's teaching him all the other stuff, which is funny how it, a lot of that stuff backfires. Like, he shows him how to do a graffiti drawing, and Martin does, like, this mural for Grabapple. Or when they're both start trying to read books, Bart's cheating with a comic book, and Martin's cheating with an algebra book. And then it all kind of backfires because the new Martin becomes so popular and he's just like, this is his damn mind. Yeah. Oh, 
Who would have thought that shoving a boy into the girl's lavatory would be so thrilling? When, especially when it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> so Martin becomes the new popular kid and Milhouse, Milhouse, Lewis, and Richard are just like, yeah, Martin's the man. Take off with him. So Bart's like, well, I'm screwed. We are but Bart just can't focus. Like, that's the problem. He's even trying it. He just can't do it. So he does the final straw. He prays to God. Even Lisa's like the last refuge of a scoundrel. And he gets a miracle because the next day there's a huge blizzard outside. Even though they were just playing baseball in the sun. In the sun. A huge snow day interrupts everyone's plans. I, I, I love this section because, like, they're like, oh, all, all businesses and places are closed. Yet everybody in the whole fucking town goes out and does everything. Like, they clearly could have gotten to work and worked. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're all just... <laughs> it's everybody's outside all over town. And they freaking do, like, the... the uh, um. Grinch stole Christmas come together and hold, everyone holds hands and sings in a circle and all that stuff. But of course Bart's going to run out with his sled and Lisa shames him back into the house. It's actually a good point though. Like that was the whole thing. Was... I heard you yesterday. You prayed for this to happen and God gave you a second chance. I also like I also like at Lisa's Lisa's really intelligent, but you get a reminder that she's still eight because she's like I don't know who or what God is, but I know it's a being more powerful than mom and dad combined, which would be something that like an eight year old kid would say. And Bart's like, man, I got to study. So he tries concentrating in his room and sees all the fun stuff. So he goes down to the basement to study instead. But even then he gets distracted because when he has his uh, flashback of the founding fathers. All he does hey, is... Hey, it's snowing in July. Oh, this is fantastic. Oh, everybody, John Hancock's writing his name <laughs> in the that's snow. A, that's a great joke. I also like uh, Ben Franklin just shows up. He goes, I just invented a new thing. The sled. <laughs> <laughs> the family even sees him trying to slap himself into focusing, but... This is, uh, he, and of course, there's cool Martin turning in his test. The Hawaiian shirt and the sunglasses, because now he's the cool kid. And he's just like, uh, Mrs. K, can you just grade my test immediately? She's like, well, here's old Red. And he gets a 59, another F. And then it's just like the, the saddest culmination ever is Bart just completely breaks down. And she's like, I thought you were used to failing. He's like, no, but I tried. You know, he tried and he still George failed. It's the Washington best he can do. Yeah, this is how George Washington felt when he surrendered Fort Necessity to the French in 1754. It's like what? <laughs> you you demonstrated applied knowledge, and that's an obscure reference. So your grade's now a 60. That's a D minus in that school, apparently. And he, and he freaks out, and he's so happy, and he kisses her, and he runs around. I pass, I pass, I pass, I pass. I pass, I pass, I pass. He gets outside the school, just outside the school, and he's like, I kiss the teacher. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. I also liked, uh, one thing I forgot to talk about is when he's talking to Otto, 
and he's talking, giving him the pep talk. He's like, man, I got held back in fourth grade twice, and now look, I drive the school bus. He also didn't mention that, like, they covered his drawing from, like, kindergarten with, like, another really good... (laughs) Oh, yeah, Lisa's Lisa's A. And he's like, hey, man, that's my drawing. Oh, look, it's even got the little whiskers on it. I know, poor Bart. But then they cover up that with his 6D (laughs) D-minus. And Bart dedicates that some of that D-minus belongs to God. Yes, it does. Also, when he was celebrating, did you notice that Skinner was actually helping Martin with a graffiti drawing? Yes. <laughs> Nelson gave him a thumbs up. So that was, uh... So yeah, the re- one of the main reasons why this episode was so highly seen was because they aired it Thursday at 8. And even though it ran against the Cosby show, people were like... Oh my god, this is going to be a ratings war. But what it actually did was killed the Cosby show. So, good job, Simpsons. You killed the Cosby show. She's already been on for like 10 years anyway, so... Yeah, uh, Two Cars in Every Garage and Three Eyes on Every Fish was the first episode that they produced, but they chose to air this one first because Bart was popular. They were like, oh, we're just going to... That way they didn't fuck it up like the freaking like happy days. Yeah. Because <laughs> happy days were like, oh man, freaking Fonz is the shit. And then they just like realized and then when they Richie finally left, they we freaking quickly realized that he was the actual soul of the show and the show was better when he was on it. But anyway. Um other trivia. This is the first appearance of Mayor Quimby. And the reason he wears his trademark Mayor Sash is because the writers felt the viewers would not recognize him. So <laughs> they decided to give him the sash. So you always it. know he's the mayor. Hello, everybody. I declare today snow day. And he's just JFK. The sexy footage. Yep. That's all he is. He's just JFK. He's just a JFK character. And he's a super corrupt politician. Not that they're mimicking real life or anything like that. So, over the summer of 1990, before this episode aired, as we know that Bart's rebellious nature was characterized by some parents and conservatives as a poor role model for children, while several American public schools banned t-shirts featuring Bart with captions like, I'm Bart Simpson, who the hell are you? And underachiever and proud of it, man. And a lot of critics thought this episode was a response to this controversy. But James L. Brooks was like, no, we are mindful of it. But I do think it's important for us that Bart does badly in school because there are students like that. Besides, I'm very wary of television where everybody is supposed to be a role model. You don't run across that many role models in real life. Why should television be full of them? It's a good point if you think about it. And then Sam Simon commented and said, There are themes to the show we did last year, important themes. I think it's a tribute to how well we executed them that nobody realized we had a point. So yeah, even though Bart was a controversial figure in the early 90s, in reality, The Simpsons did still receive a lot of praise for doing a lot of things right. Um, Like, one of the things I remember was, like, religious groups were against The Simpsons, but then... People were like, how many TV shows have families that actually go to church? And at the time, it was The Simpsons. No other shows were doing that. You know, stuff like that. Um, This is 
number 31 on Entertainment Weekly's 1999 list of the 100 greatest moments in television. And this is what uh, David Silverman says the animators began to come onto their own. They'd gotten used to the characters and now could achieve more with character acting. During the scene when Bart delivers a speech where he states he's dumb as a post, Silverman wanted a cut from several angles very quickly to give a sense of anxiety. He also said that uh, the snow day sequence was one of the hardest things he ever had to animate because it has a bunch of long pans with a lot of different characters engaging in different activities. Did you notice that Bart's fantasy of the Founding Fathers, it was all muted colors except for the red, whites, and blues? Because, of course, that's the American flag. America. Uh, David Silverman wanted to make Bart cry without making his design look off-putting, so that's why he buries his face in the paper, so he didn't have to worry about it. This is only the second episode where Bart says Kawabunga. In case anybody there is keeping track. And uh, this season, Bart has a slightly different color shirt, but by season three, it goes back to the trademark red. So it's kind of like that weird orange color. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the only time we're really going to see it. So there you go. That's Bart gets enough. A crucial episode in Simpsons history. Yeah, again, not a fun ride. Not a feel-good, <laughs> for the most part. But a very important story. And teaches a life lesson. I think that's the most important thing about the episode, is that you, you actually do get a true life lesson out of it. And that's uh, that's that's crucial. And that that's important to the history of The Simpsons. It was one of the big critical things was like, oh, they don't have uh they they don't teach you anything, you know, they're but they do. The Simpsons actually teaches you a lot of stuff. Like Seinfeld did. Seinfeld tackled issues. So next time we come to you on the Stupid Sexy Podcast, we're gonna cover Simpson and Delilah. Mm-hmm. Featuring one of those one-off characters that people really like, Carl, with another guest voice. We'll cover that next time, and then after that, we're going to cover the first ever Treehouse of Horror. One of the absolute best in the series. Everybody knows what a big fan that I am. And then Two Cars in Every Garage and Three Eyes in Every Fish, which was scheduled to go out first. But as you can tell, did not. They uh, got pushed back to fourth. Because of the Halloween schedule, and of course, just the fact that uh, they wanted Bart to go on first, so they just kind of switched it up. Otherwise, we're pretty much getting the episodes in the proper order. But uh, Mr. Burns running for governor was supposed to go out first. Instead, we get uh, we get Bart and his life lesson, and now we'll get Homer with hair. Next time on the stupid <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Exactly. So and we'll see. Har- Harvey Firestein, right? Yep. It's going to be a fun one to review. So we'll see you guys next time on the Stupid Sexy Podcast, where Dan and I review every Simpsons ever. Feels like a podcast, nothing at all. <laughs>